New Earth Podcast is supported by listeners like you. If you'd like to donate or support the show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash new earth. And that's spelled N-U Earth. As a Patreon member, you'll also receive bonus episodes with fellow guests, monthly virtual gatherings with me, and any book giveaways that we're doing for the month. Become a Patreon subscriber today and receive one of our New Earth stickers designed by Vero Koya. Hey tribe, it's Nixie Marie. You're listening to New Earth, a podcast where each week we explore the relationship between spirituality and sustainability and how these topics play an important role in the evolution of humankind. Together, we aim to remember our connection with Mother Nature to heal ourselves and save our planet. Hello, Earth Angels and Eco Warriors out there. Welcome back to New Earth Podcast with your host, Nixie Marie. Very uh, excited to be here with you all today. As always, I'm actually sitting in the studio looking out at a very dreary day here in Los Angeles and Topanga. We've had nonstop fires the last, uh, I mean, several weeks now. We've had a record-breaking situation here in California. There has been over, I believe, 2,000 fires from last year, and it's raising a inspiration and concern for me. And I thought I would actually do a solo episode today to actually get into some things that are very passionately on my heart and also announce something very exciting that I've been up to. And uh, all of it is related to what is going on with our planet, with climate change, with uh, some of the deep diving I've done within uh, our environment, sustainability, and just feeling so deeply what the earth is saying. As many of you listened to Marisha's last episode last week, she really spoke to my heart and I'm sure connected to so many of yours around how we haven't been listening. There's The earth has been speaking for a very long time and it is a, it's as if now she is speaking so loudly and while some of us may be very attuned to her and very awake, my intention with today's show is to really inspire and light a spark and a fire literally under our butts because there is so much fire energy and we get to really wake up and make the changes because I really feel that now uh, all of our all of our choices matter. Every single thing that we do, every purchase that we make, all of it matters now. And we're really we're really in like a red flag. When I see red flags uh, days such as today, which is, you know, it's alarming because every time I leave my home, I think, okay, am I going to be leaving? And not ever seeing it. I mean, there's those thoughts that definitely navigate through. I had a dear soul sister. Some of you may know Erin Gallagher. She's been on the podcast way back when. And she used to also work for me. And she just had a, a miracle experience. She's an organ and a fire erupted around her entire home. And she thought that her home was totally destroyed. And, for, and unfortunately, by the grace of goddess miracles, her home was the only one standing. So I'm covered in chills. I mean, it's it's a very pivotal time for us. And while you may not be in California and be experiencing some of this, if you're an earth empath and you feel things deeply, you can feel what's going on collectively. This, what is happening here is happening everywhere in some way, shape or form. So today on the show, we're going to talk about how to build a sustainable sacred space. And that means building a sustainable inner space and a building a sustainable outer space and realizing that sustainability is, is truly a new mindset that we all get to really embody and shift into and cultivate. So we're going to start uh, the show first and foremost with a rating and review I have been getting some awesome uh, new new ratings, reviews from the shift of the podcast. And I love hearing you guys, you know, the deep resonance and the change and the transformation that we've we've been going through here and even myself on my own journey because uh, it's just been really beautiful to hear that this is resonating. 
And uh, so we've got a review by Kat and she says, glow up, <laughs> love this transformation, love the new podcast transformation slash direction. I enjoyed your work previously and watching you grow and develop is amazing. Love listening to your podcast and your content just keeps getting better and better. Thank you so much, Kat. That means a lot to me. And uh, I've, I love that you see me on my journey. And I hope you guys know that, you know, I'm right there with you. I've been learning so much. I've learned so much like being on this journey and just being here now. I feel so empowered and in such a aligned space with, with this podcast rebrand and everything. So if you have not left a rating and review, please head on over to Apple Podcasts or anywhere you're listening to the show right now. Just take a moment out of your day to support me and the work that I've been putting out for the last couple of years and spread it out, like spill it from your heart. Tell me what you feel. I would love to hear from you. Um, also, I want to just congratulate and welcome in my new Patreon subscribers and uh, supporters of the show. Very grateful for you. We've got Katrina and Jane who just became Patreons. Thank you so much for seeding the show and helping us grow. Uh, you both will be getting your new Earth logo stickers by Vero Koya. Um, as you all know, any of you who become a Patreon, there's many different perks, but uh, right now everyone, anyone who signs up is going to get a lovely paid, uh, sticker that's created from our New Earth logo. So thank you guys for supporting the show. Again, it means the most, the mostest to me. And um, getting into this next segment, we're going to do some animal spirit card Readings of the day. Well, it's not a card, but it's just a tuning into this, the, the medicine of the plant and animal kingdom. Uh, I pull from whatever has been really clear in my consciousness and uh, just being aware of and seeing what spirit is speaking to me through uh, the plant and animal kingdom. So lately, the spider energy has been real AF. We have had so many spiders here in Topanga. Um, on the over the weekend, we had another alarming thing, a big heat wave. It was 111 degrees here. Um, I know in the valley it was 120. You guys, this is alarming. Like when that day came, I don't do well in really heated environments. I definitely start to break down. I've, I've gotten heat stroke before. So my body just starts to shut down and our AC broke and we had a couple of people over because we had like a mini, mini burning man. And since nobody, we didn't go to burn this year and it was a really intense day. There were moments where all of us, we had to like drive and like rush down to the ocean because there were moments where a lot of us felt like we were like about to pass out. So um, all of that's so related because climate change is really happening on a very massive scale. And during that time, we left the jacuzzi open and the spiders decided to have their own little party there. And I got in the jacuzzi, came back. Well, we turned it into the pool for the day and I got back in and there were spiders crawling up the walls. Like there was everywhere and there were tiny little white ones and just every type of spider. They had crawled all over the front door of our home. And, and then I almost walked into one the other night. And so I think the spiders are very clearly speaking up right now. I mean, I know it's hot and spiders can't generally, they don't do well actually in heated, heated environments. They actually will, they will die. So I'm happy that we were able to support them and keep them alive with our uh, pool outside. But that was I've never seen anything like it. It was, I was in the pool and me and my friend were literally looking down the sides and it felt like an army of spiders were coming up. And so we, we actually closed the pool and told them party was over, but yet here their message is very clear. So for those that I, I mean, immediately once I think of spider, I think of creation. Um, when we walk through a web or we see a web, a beautiful web of creation, uh, it's actually really good luck. So it might be a little scary at first to walk through a spider web, but it's actually really good luck because it means that you are in a really beautiful stage of creation and you are as if you're in your divine feminine essence. If you are, you know, a male or a female, it doesn't matter. You just have that deep connection to your, your feminine essence to create right now. 
So it's really, I mean, the symbol of like weaving our present realities and weaving in our dreams, weaving in our imaginations, our desires, and and just all of all of life. Like we become this creative force. And I really believe the spider is there's a lot of stories about um, how the grandmother spider is, you know, the weaver and that she carried on her back this gift of fire. And I, I, I've shared with you guys the story of creation and how each element so far has come into this. And I love how each each uh, medicine of the animal and the plant kingdom kind of comes in and completes the story. So in this specific story, the spider carries this f- gift of fire on her back in a basket and the basket was woven by her and she presented it to the people. And um, so therefore, fire was created by Grandmother Spider, the weaver. And there's another story that goes to where the web really binds and bounds all things and together and originally was formed and the foundation of Earth. So there's so many legends that really link this spider medicine to the past, to our future, to birth, rebirth, creation. And really when that spider enters into our awareness, it is asking us to rebuild and create the web of our life. And maybe perhaps that means we're like redesigning and recreating things as so many of us are right now, learning how to pivot, learning how to shift through the changes and the pandemic and everything that's been going on. Spider medicine can really support that. So if you are, if you live somewhere and you see spiders, I've learned to really not kill them. I mean, I have had to do a lot of reprogramming around my spider fears living in Topanga. And, um, I really would invite you to realize that they're just as scared as you are when they see you. They, uh, they've created their homes. And I think when we really connect to spirit and we connect to the earth and we shift our relationship with it by not killing something just because we're scared of it or because we've been told that they're, they're going to bite us and they're going to harm us. They really aren't. They're just scared of us. And when you really take a moment to pause, if you see a spider and just like take a look at it, it's, it's, it's literally running all over the place because it's seen you and it's going, ah, like, what is this big creature that's potentially like dangerous because they can feel you as a threat. So you, it's as if we're both feeling that threat from each species, but I think the real invitation is to don't kill it, save it however you can. Usually I kind of put a cup on top and put a magazine or some paper underneath And I've caught some big spiders these days, I'm telling you. And the bigger they get, the more I feel like I build this relationship with them. And I also talk to them. You know, if they're in my office or they're in my space, I will just let them know, hey, you're cool over there in that corner, but please don't come into my, on my desk or please don't come into my bed. Um, You know, those things. And, and they will, they'll listen. I haven't had any crazy spider attacks that I can think of, you know, in the last couple of days, uh, not last couple of years, I mean. Um, so just take that in. I think when we look at, again, nature as this sacred, beautiful gift, everything that she provides is sacred. And so when we kill things just because we're scared or we're not conscious, we're not in our body, we're not in awareness, we're just reacting. When we can have that pause and get into response versus reaction, it can change our relationship with with nature. And so let's just invite that in. So thank you, Spider Medicine, for being so clear and um, being being very awake for all of us to pay attention to you. And also just think too, like spiders are very delicate. They're such small, small little things. They're actually, if you just step on them, they're dead, like right away, like most bugs and insects, but they're just, they have this embodiment of gentleness and they're not really aggressive unless we poke at them or try to entice them. So I think that if we really remember to embody our gentleness when we are navigating through life or just being gentle with ourselves, um, I think that's really important. So thank you, Spider Medicine, for presenting us with your light today. 
Okay. So I've been actually diving into the concept of spiritual ecology, which is really the root and the foundation of what this podcast is now. And uh, I'm still digesting a lot of it. I've been reading a lot of books. I've been studying with studying amongst many different uh, teachers of this concept. And I wanted to share this passage from my book called Spiritual Ecology, The Cry of the Earth. It's a series of essays by um, many different thought leaders, uh, shamans, um, environmental activists, and it is so profound what I read the, read last night. I, I read an essay while I go to bed, and this essay was just incredible. It's by Thich Nhat Hanh, which I hope I'm saying that right. It's a very interesting spelled name, but, but he is a monk and... Oh my gosh. I mean, he has, I quote him a lot. Actually, he's just truly amazing at what he's presented and how we can view the world. So this essay specifically is called The Bells of Mindfulness. And this Thich Nhat Hanh is a Zen, Zen Buddhist monk, poet and peace activist, and uh, urges us to, his mission really is in urging us to wake up from the dream that is destroying the planet. Our mindfulness can change our collective consciousness, giving us the power to decide the destiny of our planet. So he says, the bells of mindfulness are calling out to us, trying to wake us up, reminding us to look deeply at our impact on the planet. The bells of mindfulness are sounding all over the earth, we are experiencing floods, droughts, and massive wildfires. Sea ice is melting in the Arctic, and hurricanes and heat waves are killing thousands. The forests are fast disappearing, and the deserts are growing. Species are becoming extinct every day, and yet we continue to consume, ignoring the ringing bells. All of us know that our beautiful green planet is in danger. Our way of walking the earth has great influence on animals and plants. Yet we act as if our daily lives have nothing to do with the condition of the world. We are like sleepwalkers, not knowing what we are doing or where we are heading. Whether we can wake up or not depends on whether we can walk mindfully on mother earth the future of all life including our own depends on our mindful steps we have to hear the bells of mindfulness that are sounding all across our planet we have to start learning how to live in a way that a future will be possible for all for all of our children and our grandchildren I have sat with the Buddha for a long time and consulted him about this issue of global warming, and the teaching of Buddha is very clear. If we continue to live as we have been living, consuming, consuming, consuming without a thought of the future, destroying our forests and emitting dangerous amounts of carbon dioxide, then devastating climate change is inevitable. Much of our ecosystem will be destroyed. Sea levels will rise and coastal cities will be inundated, forcing hundreds of millions of refugees from their homes, creating wars and outbreaks of infectious disease. We need a kind of collective awakening. There are among us men and women who are awakened, but that is not enough. Most people are still sleeping. We have constructed a system we can't control. It imposes itself on us and we become its slaves and victims. For most of us who want to have a house, a car, a refrigerator, a television, and so on, we must sacrifice our time and our lives in exchange. We are constantly under the pressure of time. In former times, we could afford three hours to drink one cup of tea, enjoying the company of our friends in a serene and spiritual atmosphere. We could organize a party to celebrate the blossoming of one orchid in our garden. 
But today, we can no longer afford these things. We say that time is money. We have created a society in which the rich become rich become richer and the poor become poorer, and in which we are so caught up in our own immediate problems that we cannot afford to be aware of what is going on with the rest of the human family or our planet Earth. In my mind, I see a group of chickens in a cage disputing over a few seeds of grain, unaware that in a few hours they will, be, they will all be killed. People in China, India, Vietnam, and other developing countries are still dreaming the quote-unquote American dream, as if that dream were the ultimate goal of mankind. Everyone has to have a car, a bank account, a cell phone, a television set of their own. In 25 years, the population of China will be 1.5 billion people, and if each of them wants to drive their own car, China will need 99 million barrels of oil every day. But world production today is only 84 million barrels per day. So the American dream is not possible for the people of China, India, or Vietnam. The American dream is no longer even possible for the Americans. We can't continue to live like this. It's not a sustainable economy. We have to seed another dream. The dream of brotherhood and sisterhood, of loving, kindness, and compassion. That dream is possible right here and now. We have the Dharma. We have the means, and we have enough wisdom to be able to live this dream. Mindfulness is at the heart of awakening, of enlightenment. We practice breathing to be able to be here in the present moment so that we can recognize what is happening in us and around us. If what's happening inside us is despair, we have to recognize that, that and act right away, right away. We may not want to confront that mental formation, but it's a reality and we have to recognize it in order to transform it. We don't have to sink into despair about global warming. We can act. If we just sign a petition and forget about it, it won't help much. Urgent action must be taken at the individual and the collective levels. We all have a great desire to be able to live in peace and have environmental sustainability. What most of us don't yet have are concrete ways of making our commitment to sustainable living a reality in our daily lives. We haven't organized ourselves. We can't only blame our governments and corporations for the chemicals that pollute our drinking water, for the violence in our neighborhoods, for the wars that destroy so many lives. It's time for each of us to wake up and take action in our own daily lives. We witness violence, corruption, and destruction all around us. We all know that the laws we have in place aren't strong enough to control the superstition, cruelty, and abuses of power that we see daily. Only faith and determination can keep us from falling into deep despair. Buddhism is the strongest form of humanism we have. It can help us learn to live with responsibility, compassion, and loving kindness. Every Buddhist practitioner should be a protector of the environment. We have the power to decide the destiny of our planet. If we awaken to our true situation, there will be a change in our collective consciousness. We have to do something to wake people up. We have to help the Buddha to wake up the people who are living in a dream. Take that all in. And again, this is a essay called The Bells of Mindfulness by Thich Nhat Hanh inside the book Spiritual Ecology, written and edited by, written by many different authors, uh, activists, shamans, but edited by Llewellyn Van Lee. Truly incredible words. And he put into words everything that I honestly have been feeling. And since these fires erupted, since the heat wave, since 
the pandemic, since the Amazon has been on fire. I mean, how far do we have to go back? How many years, how many decades do we have to go back and look at how she's been speaking to us? And let's let's be honest. I mean, not every one of us were attuned to this message and how apparent it is. And that's okay. I personally have gone through my own transformation around it. And I feel like it requires... It requires personal work. It, re- it requires you to care. It requires you to step up and identify and learn, just like he says, on what's going on inside. This is a big reason why I created the sauna challenge that we just went through. Those of you that participated um, and those of you that have not yet and are interested in doing so, it's up on Patreon as a public um, public seedling so you can get it no matter what even if you don't support the show um, on patreon but I the reason why I felt so called to lead and to tap back into my sadhana daily practice is because when I can look at myself on the inside and recognize what is going on what is happening what's occurring what's coming to the surface then I can go on and look at my outer environment and be in selfless service I think a lot of spirituality in the new age community has been all about the the I. It's been all about what can I get out of this? How can I heal myself? How can I be a better person? Which are all amazing things to want and to crave. However, in my evolution of true spirituality, a lot of it is rooted in how can I serve? How can I be the best version of myself so that I can show up and serve in my highest? Because when we truly get into the act of giving and the act of service, then all of us are living our true dharma. Dig deep, my baby, you are not alone. Life's not always easy, yeah, but I, I truly As many of you know, I've been on the journey to reduce my carbon footprint, my single-use plastics, and my overall waste and consumption on this planet. I, in the midst of all this, decided that I would create a product that would also help and inspire others to do the same. Hence, Clarity was born. Clarity is a cleaning product line of all-natural, all-amazing, non-toxic products that make your home sparkle and shine with less of what you think you need to clean your home. As a cleaning professional, I realize that many people have way too many products inside their home and they really don't need five different products and they maybe just need one. So that was our mission with Clarity. Clarity is an all-purpose cleaning concentrate that actually creates as much as you need because we do offer refills and we ship them to your door so you can save time and money without going to the grocery store, which right now seems very fitting. You can just try it out if you are interested in going green in your cleaning routine, but you've never done so before by purchasing our ready-to-go all-purpose bottle. It is pre-filled with one all-purpose cleaning concentrate and all you do is add the water. Most cleaning products that you see in the stores have mostly water in them, which actually increases the overall shipping weight and therefore increasing the carbon emissions in the ozone layer. So we've decided to let's take out the water and empower you to add it yourself. And together we can do better at protecting our beautiful environment. And 5% of all our sales goes to five gyres who are committed to protecting and cleaning up the plastics in the ocean. So head on over to clarity.com and get 10% off as a new earth listener by entering the code new earth tribe. And that is N U earth tribe. We are here to be in service to others. Our work that we do is in service to others. And if it doesn't feel that way, either shift that story that you are in service to something or walk away. Of course, if you can. 
Of course, if you are ready to, or you're willing to, you're open to, and to be open to seeing what's on the other side when you tap into that gift of service. So with that, just take all that in. Think about, think about all the ways that you can shift your mindset around consuming. I mean, we live in a capitalist culture. We ta- I talked about this with Marija. And one thing she brought to the surface in light was we have to recognize that we've all been programmed to live in this consumerism capitalist culture. And a big part of this pandemic's lesson that so many of us have been feeling is reevaluating our life, our choices, our work, our livelihood, the way we've been living our lives in enslavement to others or to the government or whomever. But again, that kind of takes us outside of this responsibility. It puts us into victim. Well, I've been doing this because I have this story. I've been programmed. Now, what if we take responsibility and take that as a, I have been responsible. I'm taking this ownership and now I'm shifting the story. There is an opportunity right now, right here. We are calling in the new earth. We are calling in, we are calling it up. We are stepping forward. If you're listening, you are a part of that creation We are here to step up and wake up and wake others up and be truly, let's just put it out there, the change we wish to see see in the world. So cliche, but it's so true. That's why it gets said over and over and over again. Now is the time to walk the talk. We have done the spiritual work for those who've been on this journey. Maybe you're just starting. Maybe you've just entered this podcast for the first time and you have not yet Uh, woken up to a spiritual path or just woken up to doing work on yourself or whatever you want to call it. Doesn't need to be called spirituality, quote unquote, but perhaps you've been on the work for, on the path for a long time. And maybe those, those Oracle cards aren't calling you anymore. Maybe your meditations are no longer working. Maybe your gratitude journal isn't giving you everything that you need. It's because we get to be in service, in humble service to whatever we are here to do. And the more that you give, the more that you give, the more that you give, everything that which you call forth or everything that which you take, because we have been taking from the planet, taking from the planet, we take, we take, we take, we take her resources, we take her food, and she's got enough to give. But where does she draw the line? And she is drawing the line in the sand right now. She is saying enough is enough. It's time we give back everything that we've taken. Plant a tree. I believe in uh, a culture. I can't quite remember where I'm taking this from or where I've seen this. But it's often said that plant a tree or plant a garden or plant something every year to give back what you've taken. If we could get into that relationship, get into that way of being, would we invite balance and restore harmony on this planet? I do believe it's a step forward. I do believe it's it's an opportunity for enough of us to plant those seeds and restore the balance because we're in balance. While nature, while fires, while natural disasters and everything that's occurring is part of nature, That doesn't mean it's natural. We have been intentionally burning way too much. And I say we because we are part of society. We are part of this. We cannot put ourselves outside of this and go run away. As much as I want to do that, as much as I want to just look away and go, well, that's out there. Just like in this essay, he says it needs to happen on the individual and the collective levels. So how do we do it on the individual and then how do we do it in the collective? And it doesn't mean just going to sign that petition. It means getting involved. It means being the change. It means voting for leaders in our office that actually have a, that give a shit about the environment and are actively putting in a conversation around how do we shift, how do we get into a sustainable economy, period. 
So I, I feel like you guys can tell I'm pretty lit up about this conversation. <laughs> I've been just feeling like Mother Earth, Mother Earth, Mother Earth, come through, come through. Okay, here she goes, here she goes. <laughs> so, and you know, a lot of this work is the work of the shaman. You know, when we, it's interesting, I'm actually on a website right now and Sandra Ingerman is popped up. She's a, she's a shaman who's also in this book, in the essays by her. Uh, we definitely get to reach out to her and have her come on the show. She's been one of my, uh, just like the, the woman who has really helped me learn and understand. Oh, and then her book's right here too. I'm, her book is right here on my desk. So clearly spirit has spoken. We get to reach out to Sandra Ingerman today um, and get her on the show. But a lot of this, this deep, presence and, and, and earth-based spirituality is shamanism. It's, uh, it could be called witchcraft because a lot of witchcraft is necessarily rooted in plant-based spirituality. And so when we get into that relationship, that simpatico relationship with nature, with the plants, and we realize like we are, everything around us is sacred, we invite in the balance and the healing that's required for this planet. So, and for ourselves, our inner creates the outer. And that leads me to this, uh, This I wanted to dive into actually the roots of American sustainability because I think we can't really, we can't really move forward, at least I believe until we understand, you know, where did sustainability come from? Why is it such an important thing in our culture? Where did it, where did, when did it start? Did it, um, happen? Is it just starting? Like, what is the root of it? And I think it's really fascinating to just look at history and see why we uh, really started to speak in this terminology of sustainability. And um, some of the some of the background and around the roots of this American movement, the word sustainability didn't actually come into common usage until actually the late 1980s. So it's actually a very new concept, but the or the new word that we're using, but the idea of sustainability was was around for a long time and just not the same way that we're doing things is not as sustainable is actually much older. So there was a professor of the environment and sustainability at the University of Buffalo, Adam Rowe, Adam Rome. And he was the, um, he was the creator of, and, and did, did the digging of where the sustainable movement movement started. And really during the second half of the 19th century, there was a major shift from burning wood for fuel to burning coal, which then led to significant increase in like the air pollution, especially in cities. So all the air was really just like when you come to LA, you see the smog and it's like black with smoke and drinking water was often polluted and streets were full of waste and people were crowded and there was unsafe housing. So the mark of the industrial movement was something so new that it wasn't obvious that you could even have the conversation around sustainability in a society because everybody was so excited to have this um, new way of the industrial movement and moving forward. And this is a big part of where we tried to come in, our, our society came in and tried to teach the indigenous cultures, hey, this isn't the industrial movement. Like, here's how you can work. Here's how you can be a part of it. And it was sort of this like sold idea that it was a great, great way to to create and revolutionize our way of living and to make it like, oh, well, let's go into mass consumption. Like instead of making things by hand, let's produce it in factories. So we we took an opportunity away from the indigenous cultures who, you know, many of them have still held on to this wisdom. Many of us are remembering some of our native, uh, native American ancestors. I just recently got my 23andMe back and got, um, I knew this in my core. I've always connected to the native American traditions and also Celtic, but I'm 10.7% native American, which is you know, it's, it's something my Cameron was like 0.9%. So that's kind of the difference. I don't know if some of you guys have done 23 me. I'd actually love to hear from you if you are, um, if you do have a percentage of native American in you, um, maybe you can reach out to me on a DM or in the private Facebook group, because I've really been 
also diving into a conversation around reclaiming our indigenous um, rights, reclaiming our indigenous voices also for our ancestors and for our tribes and and really like what that looks like. There's a woman that I've been communicating with and hopefully she's going to come on the podcast and kind of explain what that looked like for her because I think a lot of what we are seeing is, you know, this rise, this rebirth of the indigenous ways. And it's, it's also showing up in the black lives matter movement. It's showing up in, in racism and all these things that have been brought back to the surface. Cause we're going, Hey, we have a, we have a message. We have something to say the industrial movement, all of these ways that we've been consuming is not in natural rhythms of the earth. And this is why we're seeing all these natural disasters. So it's all related. It's very important. <laughs> so, okay. So kind of back to this, this history and this background, um, back in this 19th century, when we started this industrial movement, you know, the, we adapted, we became, you know, used to this. It was just like New York city booming. All these cities are booming. And it was just really a, a you know, beautiful time, but we're kind of reaping the, the, um, the negative side of that, where now we're like, okay, how do we make cities greener, healthy, healthier, and more stable, which is the, the big question, right? And there's so many ways that we can implement that. But right now, I think that it's important we recognize that it starts on the also macro, mi- micro level, and then the macro level. So as the, um, you know, over the time, as the American city adapted and evolved, so did the country's approach to land management. So a lot of the agriculture business started to change. And beginning in the 1890s, we had this new philosophy philosophy of responsible land management called conservation. So before sustainability, that word was, was conservation. And how do they create a conservational ecosystem um, within the farmers and with the land that they were working on? And a major proponent of this like new conservation movement was, oddly enough, President Teddy Roosevelt. So he was actually a Republican who created the U.S. Forest Service and established hundreds of forest parks and reservoirs and reserves and really protected the land. So this was back when... It's really interesting that back in a time when there was still Republican and Democratic parties, both still really cared about the environment. Both of them still really had that as a conversation. It was it was never, you know, red versus blue and, you know, you care, but you don't care. It was always they collectively had that in the bill. That was part of what they stood for. But by the 1920s, everyone really considered themselves like a conservationist because people started to see the reaps of what this industrialization kind of came from. And, you know, one of the big leaders of our time uh, was the when Reagan came into office and Richard Nixon, which they both called themselves environmentalists. And this was when the era of the Clean Water Act started and Clean Air Act and many other big landmark environmental regulations. So by the early 1990s, he says like environmentalists, environmentalism had become to accrue political baggage and unhelpful connotations. So another change was needed. And that's how we went into sustainability became this generation's term. So no longer was conservation really in alignment. It was more like, okay, we get to evolve. And I think that that's important to note because it's, it's important for us to recognize that we're evolving. We are consistently evolving our times. We're re re orchestrating. Okay. What does it actually mean to be sustainable? And, and this is important because we're all learning. If it didn't just recently come into common usage until the, the late 1980s, I was born in 89. So, and so many of you were born, you know, early nineties perhaps, or maybe you were born in the early eighties and, that means that we're all collectively learning together. So while conservation was kind of this like macro out there conversation, 
And now it's like sustainability can actually be an opportunity for us to take that into the inner, into our daily lives, into our daily practices and into our home. So I thought that was really fun and important to, to really note as some of the history and, you know, why we're, why this is such a big conversation today. So, uh, with that being said, a lot of my passion and, and my realization around this and just wanting to really tap into what can I do? How can I serve? How can I be a voice? How can I inspire change? It's always kind of been my leading question around things that I do and much more now more than ever, especially being so close to home with these fires, so close to um, just being affected by this pandemic and and really getting the opportunity to reevaluate things in my daily life. So a couple announcements I get to share with you guys. Uh, Cameron and I have made the decision to let go of the way we have been living. And as you many of you know, we have a sailboat. We've been really prepping her to be a world cruiser the last two years. And we are just deciding to take the leap and live on our boat and sail to, we're going to start by sailing to Mexico. Our goal is to get to Costa Rica and we've been looking at property out there. We've been connecting with those who have property out there and we really want to start building community spaces. And as many of you know, we've been talking a lot about like, what does it look like to build the new earth? And a lot of the responses are community living. And so I really am, I mean, I'm just so into it. I'm like, yes, I want to do this, but it's really scary. And it's not an easy decision. And we've been both very affected financially and um, just emotionally by this pandemic. And I think if it wouldn't have been any other way, we wouldn't have taken this leap of faith and we wouldn't be just like doors wide open. This is what we're supposed to do. So a big part of that is going to be us talking about sustainability, how we've created a We've, we are going to test out this concept of living in a fully self-sustaining uh, vessel, a.k.a. Ella, and we are going to do a YouTube channel. We're going to talk about things that we're learning, the behind the scenes, just really raw, open, heart-centered, you know, how what our experience has been from going from, you know, a four-bedroom home up in the mountains, which I feel has also been a really good like transition point to not being in the city life. City life is definitely not something I resonate with anymore. Um, but really just having this like platform, this foundation to, to take this leap. But I've always kind of been someone who appreciates minimalism. And when you have a home and this is like the American dream that's been sold to us, you know, get a home, go have children, do all this stuff. And like, we're kind of pressured by this this idea, this concept of what it looks like to have this American dream. One thing that came up for me around this is like living in California, where we're kind of pitched that California is this like amazing, beautiful, great space. I personally can't speak from experience on living outside of it because I've only been here. So it's time for me to humbly say I can be in service by leaving this state <laughs> and, uh, you know, just just being able to experience the beauty and other things that the world has to offer. This is not the only beautiful space. All of you live in beautiful spaces. And maybe, you know, some of us are a little on the more um on the more on the side of living in something that feels more beautiful. But when we really open up and attune ourselves to the beauty of perhaps maybe just a person's smile or, you know, connection, community, tribe, all of those things that are truly beautiful. It doesn't have to be the serene environment. I think that's where like the goal that we're trying to aim for is just really understanding all the scale, the spectrum of culture and the beauty of every culture. I've always been a culture fanatic. I love different religions. I love different, I love studying different, different things, different cultures. So by being in Mexico, we're going to be going down to some indigenous sites and different cultures and interviewing them and talking to them and learning from them and learning their ways. So I could not be more excited. Our, our ship is sailing. Uh, we're planning to start our sail the last week of October. So things are happening very quickly, moving very fast. I uh, recently decided to close my cleaning business here in LA, which was coming and maybe you guys felt it if you've been following my journey for a long time. So we've just gone through like rapid 360 change 
And I'm saying that because I feel you. If you've been going through that as well, just know I'm right there with you holding your hand and change is not easy, but it's sometimes really necessary to do. And it's, it's required for us to get outside of our comfort zones and, and really connect to that, which we are like our true divine calling. I really believe that Cameron and I came together to create a business, create something that could really support the lifestyle that we wanted to live and we wanted to try out. And this was his dream that he pitched to me. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. But that's also, is it reality? You know, is it, is it, is it real? Is that possible? And when all the doors swing open and we're tuning in and we're paying attention and we listen, it's a yes. When it's a full body, yes. And you can see those doors opening and there's like no clear other path or way we've got to take those leaps of faith and courage and trust. So with that all being said, I'm moving my whole entire model of business and everything. As many of you know, I've been an entrepreneur for the last, I mean, my whole life pretty much haven't worked for many people, but it's been hard for me to, um, to imagine the idea and the concept of moving everything fully online as I've been Many of you might think that, you know, this is, this has been a quote unquote business for me or that it's been my main source of income, but it hasn't. Um, Everything else that I've done outside of podcasting uh, has been supporting the podcast grow. It's been the, the financial means for me to create this show. And so now that that's no no longer there, it's been a little challenging. I've been, um, as you guys know, that's why I launched the Patreon page to start to, to hopefully get, um, some of the expenses from production, from editing, from hiring to everything that we, we do to produce the show, just getting those costs paid for and, um, you know, just breathing into all this change. And with that too, I'm very excited to announce a lot of announcements today that I'm re- I'm doing my first online course. Woohoo! I'm so excited. <laughs> this has been such a long time coming, but now that I'm very clear on my message and and just have having been able to really study feng shui and sacred space and and cleaning and taking care of homes and sustainability, I've decided to put it all into into an umbrella and into a course that I can offer to really help people learn how to tend to their inner environment and outer environment. So without further ado, ado, let's get the drum roll, please. All right, Rory, take it away. Drum roll. (laughs) It's our producer. Um, I'm I'm launching the Sustainable Sacred Space course, which is a four-week journey to cultivate a home and life that sustains you for increased health and, and longevity. Um, within this four-week course, you will gain a sacred relationship with Mother Earth, learn how to work with the elements in your home, and you get to clear unnecessary clutter in your home and mind, which is a really important one. In order to invite things in, we must clear our clutter and cultivate a waste-free mindset. I really believe that healing our planet, healing ourselves, all of this, like getting out of the plastic mindset of just consuming, 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 and not recognizing where it goes. Again, a big part of me learning with um, the sailboat that we're on, I constantly am seeing how we just throw things away and not realize that they go directly into our oceans. And that is why we created Clarity. So Uh, Another thing you're going to learn from this course is how to create a home that heals and nourishes your soul. You'll also receive a free ebook on creating a plastic free kitchen. So as you can see, there's sort of like an intertwinement of everything that I've, I've been doing and been learning and been really embodying from spirituality to sustainability to keeping our homes clean and clear. And you're also going to get a zero waste cleaning kit from Clarity. This is going to be included in the overall price structure. So you're going to get a lot of amazing stuff and it's only going to be four weeks right now. This is my going to be my first course. So it's kind of in a beta mode and I would love for you if you guys are feeling the call to join me on my first ever course and uh, really learn from all the things that I've been able to pick up on and support others to now take it online so that so many more people can really 
benefit from the, the medicine of feng shui to cleaning and tending to our spaces, to clearing our clutter clutter in our minds and our inner environment to create a truly thriving environment outside. So uh, there's going to be many different pricing options up on our site. You can check it out by going to the link in bio. Um, it'll just be bit.ly slash sustainable sacred space. And you can also, again, get that link in our show notes, if you just scroll down, if you're listening to the podcast now, or you can just head over to nixiemarie.com. It'll be on our landing, on our homepage there. And um, I'm just so excited and I would love to invite you into this journey with me. I've made it really incredibly affordable because I know so many of us, like myself, are going through a lot of financial shifts. So there's payment plans. There's also, um, it's just, it's just going to be my like most entryway affordable course that I think I've ever done. So once once this is complete, I'm really going to get a feel for if online courses are for me and uh, for you. And I'm just, I'm just so deeply honored. I'm so grateful that this is where I'm at and I'm excited to invite you into the space. So if you're feeling called, let me know. You can even just send me a DM and talk with me. We're actually going to be giving away one scholarship. And so please stay tuned. You can go to nixiemarie.com and um, stay tuned on how we're going to be doing the the scholarship giveaway. We're still kind of ironing through that and how we're going to be delivering that up. So one person will be able to get a scholarship and you'll get all the amazing things that I've been doing and creating. And now it's all going to be in one course. So, um, we're going to begin, I should probably say that <laughs> the course actually begins. Hold on. Let me get the date here. We're just finishing up our sauna challenge. And so let's see, we're going to be starting the course on the 28th. Let's see here don't have my calendar up. And of course I should know this on the top of my mind, but that's okay. Okay. So we're actually starting the course on October, uh, 2nd. So every Tuesday evening, the course will be, we'll be doing a live, um, we'll do a live workshop. So it's a weekly calls, um, weekly meetings, weekly, weekly gatherings, whatever we want to call them. And, uh, that will be with me. It'll be an hour and a half to two hours of, of our gathering. And you'll be learning based on each like bullet point that I kind of just shared, um, in each class. So we'll be together for four weeks. And then from there I'm setting off to sale and, We'll see. You guys will be there to follow me along the journey. I know you will. And um, I'm going to be releasing some bonus sailing episodes on Patreon. So if you are a Patreon supporter, you'll be getting those. And then we'll have our YouTube channel. So I'm so excited. Lots of change. Breathing into it. And I just want to say thank you all so much for being with me on the journey. You have no idea how much it means to me for you to be here with me and you're incredible. And thank you for being open to listening to my ramblings today and uh, my passion around sustainable sacred space. And uh, I will see you guys next week, of course. And um, again, if you're interested in joining the course, please send me a DM, go to nixiemarie.com or anywhere uh, you can find me. And if you have questions, um, if you are feeling really called, again, we're going to be doing a scholarship. So stay, follow my journey, maybe getting in the Facebook group under new earth and you earth collective would be great because we're going to be definitely announcing the scholarship um, plans there. So I will see you guys next week. I hope you have an amazing magical day and thank you all for journeying with me. Bye. Bye fellow earth angels. Oh,
Thank you. 